0: Hi, this is Michelle. This is Gail. Welcome to Audible Clutter. Um, If you're like me and late to jazz and even later to Duke Ellington, as soon as this podcast is over, go listen to some. For anyone who isn't in the know,
1: uh, Duke Ellington is possibly the greatest American composer. Um, He was... Active from the nineteen twenties until his death in nineteen seventy four,
0: and he was pretty much self taught. He,
1: he, yeah, he. His mother taught him to play the piano. He started playing professionally at the age of seventeen. Moved on on the, from there to having his own band. Um, he continued. He had these apparently amazing um, nights at the. Cotton Club in Harlem during the 30s. He had a residence there that lasted for five years Um,
0: and on and on. He continually pushed himself to have no boundaries and he pushed the people he worked with to have no boundaries. He composed um, one of the first things that I really registered for me with Ellington was Starbucks released this Christmas album (laughs) like five years ago and And they put the Sugar Roam Cherry he did. Uh, there's an Ellington take on the Nutcracker that's amazing. He did it in 1960. Yeah. And um, he takes all of the Nutcracker pretty much and puts a jazz spin on yeah, it. Yeah,
1: each one of the movements of the Nutcracker, and yeah, puts. Yeah, a and I jet, just can't. Yeah. I have
0: there is no other Nutcracker for me now yeah. <laughs> because it's really amazing. I mean, it's so lively. Mm-hmm. You can literally see it. I mean, I don't know if it's like that for the people who are really into ballet or something, but every time I listen to Nutcracker, <clears throat> I want to do animation, or Ellington's Nutcracker, I want to animate it, because <laughs> I can, like, literally see Candy dancing across, uh, just, you know, in my head. <laughs> so, yeah, we listen to that every year.
1: And, but it was, it isn't just that. I mean, it's not just the instrumentals. It's Satin Doll, and Moon Indigo, and... Yeah, he so many. he arranges,
0: composes, writes. I mean, he collaborated with
1: Billy Strayhorn for a long time. For a long time. Well, and well, okay, he wrote about three thousand compositions in his lifetime. Wow! Which I mean, oh my god! And
0: there's so many of them you don't know they're him, and you can't keep track of no, them. No, you can't. And why Yeah, why we're podcasting this? This is kind of an emergency podcast because I'm currently obsessed with a song called "Turn Up <laughs> or Tula." Um, which yeah, which I ter- we well, you may we may have mentioned before that we listen to singer the singers and swing channel on Music Choice because well, I've I grew up with Fred Astaire and Junior Rogers in the movies, not jazz so much, but the swing mm-hmm. and, and Big Gershwin, and big band, but not Count Basie or Duke Ellington. Oh God, <sighs> but now I get to discover them now. Yeah. <laughs> but so they played Tulip or turn up and it's just such a fun song, Tulip or turn up what am i to you and then there's a it's what am i to you dream face and dream face is an amazing <laughs> thing to call someone and it's um it really struck me because i've i used dream fuel as an adjective in uh in a fanfic i was writing and i just love the the concept of dream and another nap compound turn it into an adjective and so on. The, the dream face thing and the turnip or tulip and the wordplay in the song. Am I a roast beef sandwich? Am I a diamond or a doorknob? <laughs> um, and then I was looking for, I spent the afternoon in a park looking for my favorite version, which is what I do, and discovered it was by Ellington, <laughs> adding to the list of songs that I love that are by Ellington that I did not know they were by Ellington, like Satin Doll, which we did in Taming of the Shrew, and I still kind of somehow didn't register that it was Ellington.
1: Yeah.
0: Switch a Rooney, Switch a Rooney, Dream Face. Now there's that <laughs> title, <laughs> and it, don't mean to thing if they got that swing. Yeah, and uh, there's just so many. And he's got so many blues songs. Mm-hmm. that They're just.
1: Well, apparently, what he did was he never settled into one particular sound. Right. There, there were most of the time. Most of the bands they had a sound, and that's how they what they stayed with, and then within like five or ten years, music music had moved past them, but Duke Ellington s- managed to stay current the entire fifty years of his career somehow because I mean you listen, we, I just listened to East St Louis Toodle O. Um, which is so ragtime, Dixieland, jazz. It was 1927. It sounds like 1927. And yet he took some of those same people that were in his band. for. He had one guy who was in his band for 47 years. And he took those people and moved them into... into Satin Doll and The Hip Nut and um you know all of the compositions that he did after that that's just incredible that he could keep his music so fresh and so lively for 50 years
0: Mm. Well, he also did a very good job of arranging and targeting it for the musicians he worked with I remember reading that because I was doing some Ellington research for um The Christmas story I wrote last year, which was Jingle Bell Jazz, and it was, um, Maki Nishikino is one of the characters I write, and she's a classical pianist, so I had to, um, figure out what the difference was between classical and jazz on the piano, and this, of course, ran me up against Ellington, because Ellington did a lot with classics. I mean, he, 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 he... he got the pure, there's the nutcracker suite, and then there's the Peer gin suite. There's three mm-hmm. suites on that. Yeah. Um. He was obviously very proficient in the history of every art, pretty mm-hmm. much. Well, I was just reading Gail something about, um, Ellington actually has a, a 12-song suite based on Shakespeare and the characters in them. And Shakespeare's African-American characters like um, Othello and Cleopatra... And it's called "Such Sweet Thunder," and um, it, Ellington did it in 1957 um, <clears throat> after a series of concerts at the Stratford, Ontario Shakespeare Festival. Um, this is a most of this stuff is from an article of Shakespeare and Beyond in the Folger at the Folger. I'll put a link on my uh, Twitter. Um... In the program notes for the first performance of Such Sweet Thunder, Ellington worries that as classics, he and Shakespeare labor under the misperception that their arts are for the cultural elite, making some reluctant, quote, to expose themselves and join the audience, unquote. Um, and then later on it says, on the other hand, he stresses that, quote, whether it be Shakespeare or jazz, the only thing that counts is the emotional effect on the listener, unquote. No special knowledge is required. Um... The power of the performance's immediate impact on the human ear aligns both Ellington and Shakespeare with popular culture and potentially democratizes their respective audience. On the other hand, Ellington claims that his art and Shakespeare's are sufficiently sophisticated to reward repeated encounters and assertion which differentiates their art from mere pop ephemera. And so that's uh, by Shakespeare and beyond uh, the Folger.edu from May 2nd, 2017. Um and yeah Ellington really does reward going deep into the songs I mean there's so much wordplay I mean it's appalling okay. I've been ranting at Gail for like the past two hours about white culture and how it sucks mm. and gatekeeping and how I should have been as aware of Cole or as aware of Duke Ellington and I was of Cole Porter or mm-hmm. the Berlins or Gershwin I mean imagine if in Fredis- Fred Astaire had danced to Ellington um if they had taken out the bad Porter, Berlin, and Gershwin songs and put in the great Ellington songs and evened out the cultural field a bit, wouldn't that have been amazing? And then I wouldn't be here ranting about how could you not know? Yeah. <laughs> how could I not know? Um. Yeah, I mean, Ellington is just... Yeah, I was playing some... There, I was playing Gal version of the mm-hmm. Ellington Count Basie version of Tunip or Turlip. Tunip or Turnip. Turn, tulip or Turnip. And it was, there was another song that played, I forget what it was, and I'm like, oh, that's Ellington. Oh, that's Ellington, of course. If there's a really great song, it seems like it's Ellington.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no matter what mood it is or anything like that, it's just yeah. it's just amazing that yeah. This talented composer was out there, and we don't know as much about him as we should. Well, that's not amazing. That's appalling. That's appalling, yes. <laughs> Okay. That's
0: amazing in a bad way. Uh, no, it's just appalling. Okay. And we're back, and we have agreed that it is criminal. <laughs> that yes. Put our American is. culture is not as familiar with Duke Ellington as it should be.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's... Horrifying that the Tin Pan Alley composers like Irving Berlin and Johnny Mercer, Cole Porter wasn't Mercer one of them? I think he was. They it seemed like they got they're the ones who then got funneled
0: into Hollywood. Yes. And the black composers did not. No, there's a movie Black and (laughs) Tan that's apparently got Ellington music. Um and it's a short film and then there's cabin in the sky which is one of the few movies, mm-hmm. and I've I'd always heard of cabin in the sky because of Lena Horne mm-hmm. and she does stormy weather in it I haven't ever seen it I'm gonna have to try we're gonna have to try it down now yeah um but Ellington performs in there and he's in a couple of other movies but it was an entirely different culture I mean in like. Swing time. Fred Astaire puts on blackface and does bojangles yeah. instead of bojangles doing bojangles. Mm-hmm. And I mean, slap that bass is pretty much a lift from African American culture. It is, yeah. I mean, it's it's
1: appalling that 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 oh there were all these black performers who did not get the chances that the white performers did.
0: And yeah. I still don't. And so we as a culture are <laughs> cheated of their excellence because it really is excellent. I mean, Ellington. Ellington's wordplay is, I mean, I've always been a huge Cole Porter mm-hmm. fan and he's great, but some of it's definitely forced.
1: Yes. There's definitely a strain yeah. sometimes to make the rhymes work.
0: Well, I mean, it's part of the charm in theory. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, let's do it is great. Mm-hmm. But ter- there's Ellington just throws it in more casual. I mean, it seems you just find it. It really does repay listening to mm-hmm. <laughs> you find these casual instances of so much fun with language. Mm-hmm. And his mood, indigo, and other things should be right up there. I was telling Gail they should be right up there with Rhapsody and Blue. Yeah. And I was very surprised when, in the when Gail said Ellington was the most greatest American composer because she's a huge Gershwin fan, and I was expecting her to say, I wasn't expecting you to say that.
1: Well, the like I said, you know the part of the difference there is that Gershwin only had like 10, 15 years when he was composing Mm -hmm. because he died when he was only 36. Um, But Ellington had that 50-year career and wrote so much, apparently all
0: the time. You know, maybe that's one of the things that makes greatness Mm -hmm. happen. Because, you know, Shakespeare... He had people he wrote for. Ellington, he had people he wrote for right. who supported his art and who supported him taking chances and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's and with Upstart, you know, I have actors who keep coming back and so I can take more chances as a director. Yes. When you know
1: when you know who you're working with, when you know your materials When you have people then,
0: who trust you and you and can you trust. trust. Yeah. That and, makes so much difference. Yeah, and who you know, can do it and who are like at the top of their own game. Mm. It's it's an amazing gift that people give you when they support your art like that with their own art. And, you know, that's part of apparently what Ellington benefited from and he was new and, and took advantage of it and, you know, gave these musicians wonderful things to play. Mm-hmm and gave us wonderful things to listen to even if we're discovering it 45 freaking years too late or later later yeah. but now i'm in a jazz mood mm. so yeah mm. so any other thoughts on ellington no go listen to ellington go listen to anything you can find by duke ellington duke to ellington start with satin dolls, start with turnip or tulip just pick an album and listen to it pick Someone we this was I was just we were just listening to Teresa Brewer and Count Basie. Go listen to Count Basie play Ellington or Ellington play Ellington. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're amazing people. Have interpreted Ellington and just keep listening to Ellington. Yep, you owe it to yourself. <laughs> yes, you do. And let us know what's your favorite piece. And maybe by the time, maybe by tomorrow well i don't know i don't know how long i will be on the turnip or tulip kick but it'll be for a while yet because it's Mm. so much fun it really is it's sprightly and lively and there's wordplay and i'm enthralled (laughs) (laughs) all right so and to finish this off we're going to take a brief moment because in this day and age you cannot not talk about politics because this is this is the flashpoint for america politics and so last week we said Impeach. 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 And this week we continue to say, yay Democrats are moving toward impeachment because... Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta happen. Don't get distracted. Don't let them phase you. Don't get distracted by whatever happens. Just... The Democrats are focusing on the Ukraine call because you cannot threaten people. The whistleblowers apparently... Well, Twitter rumor has it I have not confirmed. Um. Is under federal protection because they're worried about their safety because the president is of course it's threatened.
1: Yeah, I think the Washington Post actually had that.
0: Yeah, and that's a crime too, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean definitely. I mean Trump obstructs every day on Twitter in public view, and mm-hmm. he needs to be put on trial, and he needs to explain. It needs to be explained slowly to him that that is actually a crime, and you just cannot threaten people publicly when you are the President of the United States right and if he cannot understand that, then he needs to be article twenty five out of the presidency because he's too far gone into some something form of, yeah yeah and apparently
1: to actually find him guilty we if by the Senate we would need twenty Republican senators to vote for it along with the 48 Democrats and two independents.
0: Yeah. And Jeff Flake, who lives up to his last name sometimes, (laughs) it seems like in terms of calling out Trump and then caving into the Republican Party line when he was in the Senate, because he's not Mm -hmm. now, right? No, he quit. Yeah. He claims that there's like 27 Republican senators who, if they could vote secretly, (laughs) would vote against Trump. Yeah, but if you're a senator... That's not how it works. Yeah, so. you should be public and not a coward, but apparently coward comes cowards. in the Republican package right now. Yep. So, yeah, so impeachment is, con- Congress is going to continue, the Intelligence Committee is going to continue working on it over the two-week recess, hmm. and that's where that is. Yep. Now what you should be doing over the two-week recess is calling your representatives and your senators and telling them to be brave and that we actually... Do want this process to happen, yes, the Republicans need to
1: stop being cowards and let the impeachment process
0: happen, yeah, it's a process, like yes. everybody's trying to make it or Trump's having meltdowns daily in the hopes that he'll wear people out and we won't have the people won't have the stamina to actually make all the legal stuff happen but but I think we have to see it through, yes
1: as a country. Mm-hmm. It needs to happen.
0: It has to happen. We have to be patient. We have to do it well. Our, our, the Our country really does depend on this because the president is abusing the powers of his office. Presidents have been abusing the powers of their office and Trump is just has no stop. And he's taken the imbalance that has worked itself into our system of government. And exploited it to his own personal ends. Yes. And so we need to stop it for the good of the country. That can't happen. No. No one from the right or the left should have as much power no. as the president does right now. Mm-hmm. It's And it needs to stop here. It needed to stop before here, but now that we're here and Trump has done something clearly illegal, admitted it, released most of a memo. It's not actually a transcript. It's a memo, it's but an, it contained but... the call, and the call contained the Urging the Ukraine to do us, a f- do Trump do a me personal a
1: favor. favor. Yeah, do us a favor.
0: Yes, though. Yes, you should do us a favor, though. <laughs> yeah. Mm. If you want the aid,
1: mm-hmm. which Congress
0: voted on. So, yes, during this two-week recess, um, re- there will be protests. There will be um, places you can reach out to your Congress people. <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it. It's important that we get at the truth. All right, and we have just focused on Ellington because Ellington is worth an episode of just focusing on. Yep, so
1: go listen to Duke Ellington and call your congresspeople.
0: Yeah, and find somebody you love and call them Dreamface and see how that goes for you. Mm -hmm. Probably not your congressperson. (laughs) But anyways, so. So, this this is Gail. And this is Michelle, not trying any more jokes. Yes. Uh take care. We love you and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. And once again, oh no, I-